another episode of Post Fades and She Stakes. Usual suspects, myself, and we got a birthday boy again. Another week, another birthday. Happy birthday yeah, to Tim. Back. Thank you very much. How are we? Oh, we're doing all right. How was your birthday? Been good so far. I can't complain. It's been a whole weekend of celebrating, you know, oh, as it should be. Okay. Anything worth noting, or was it all uh, TMI? Uh, you know, just telling out with the fam, did a little work party, went downtown, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Um, mm-hmm. I'm feeling you're older, definitely feel older. Mm, yeah. It's just your 21st, but for the, what, seventh time? Yeah, so I was sixth time, yeah. Sixth time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, my, it's just my anniversary of my 21st birthday. That's what I'm at. Once you get past 21, <laughs> the birthdays don't really matter. Yeah. They're just your anniversary of your 21st birthday. So I got to celebrate my sixth anniversary of 21st birthday today. Yeah, your birthdays are fun up until 21. And then after that, it's like, oh, well, now I'm 30. Oh, now I'm 40. Oh, now I'm 50. Yeah, yeah now I, I just don't want to keep aging. Like, yeah. just, Has anyone know, invented like time travel so we can go backwards yet? Or is that, that would still... be nice. That would be nice. But uh, I don't think they've gotten that far yet. And as far as I've known. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but so for this episode, we are doing interior offensive linemen. Yes, we are. The big boys up front. Um, Very important. And I'm not going to lie. I, I I was looking over my notes from last year, and I saw that I weighed everyone out, and I had the amount of Dakotas and weight that um, I had last year. So this year, I forgot to do the weigh-in. So oh, the we weigh-ins, won't know how, yeah. <laughs> we, won't, we won't know how many Dakotas made up my top 10. It was like seven Stanley Cups of... 34 and a half, actually. I'm looking oh, 34 and a half. How heavy is the Stanley Cup? Oh, I'm sorry. Actually, it's 34 and a half pounds. That's what the Stanley Cup is. Oh, I was going to say, there's no way someone weighs 34 Stanley Cups. No, no, no. Yeah. But my top 10 equaled 16.35 Dakotas. Wow. That's See? pretty Look at that. Pretty big. Yeah, pretty hefty. It's a lot um, of Dakotas. Yeah, before we get into that, though, uh, real quick, obviously, the uh, since we were last on, the Tampa Bay Lightning won the Stanley Cup. So sure. Tampa is having a goddamn renaissance of sports right now. Tom Brady just improves all sports. You, just, uh, you thought it was football, but he just improves everything. It's insane. Um, and then the uh, the Bucks won game five. So yep. they're up 3-2 on the Suns, and it's looking – I mean, I thought the Suns would have – they would have more energy, more firepower than the Bucks, and they would just – that's how they would win by scoring more and getting after it. But – I'll tell you, they're playing. I mean, Drew Holiday had a nice game, game five. You know, he redeemed himself a little bit. Yeah, he's had, and he playing has had a tough really, playoffs. really well. Giannis, looks I'm happy. Good. I'm happy for Giannis because he's he's dealt with a lot of bullshit in his career with you know being a multiple MVP winner and not being able to do anything in the playoffs, and yeah. for him to be having a good finals is. is you know, he sure. stuck with Milwaukee. I like when they stick with the yeah. um, small towns. Like he, low, you know, he didn't yeah. go. Yeah, he didn't want to join the you know an established team already. He built it around him and you know one game away from winning the finals yeah and i mean for all the like you know sports betting and number crunching and you know network dollars these you know phoenix and milwaukee are not big time markets for the you know finals for like who the nba actually wants to be playing for money like you know money wise but i gotta say it's been a very entertaining finals like it's exceeded my expectations all the games have been close all come down to the last few minutes. Um, so I, I'm excited. I, you know, I w- obviously wish the Sixers were in it, but yeah, you know, well, it's just proving more and more that this was the year to win it. Yeah. So we'll see on Tuesday if the uh, Bucks can close it out at home. But which I do think is going to happen. I think I, it was after after Game Four. Uh, I was like, you know what? I think the Bucks figured out how to beat the Suns, and they're playing more physical. They've picked up the defensive intensity um Middleton's been hot like you know he's been shooting real nice giving them that was second option on the offensive end and uh yeah I thought that that was the moment where I was like I think I, I don't think the Suns are going to get another game uh yeah that I just for them to be down 16 and then to come back uh, and win the oh, game yeah and honestly I the play at the end where Jure Holiday missed a shot stole it on the other end to get it back and then alley-ooped it to Giannis who got fouled after and still made the, the bucket is like yeah I think the Bucks are going to be in control they just yeah, seem like I, they they have a better handle now than they did like the first two games so yeah I did think they were the better team coming into the series I was surprised when they um they lost the first two um but again it was in Phoenix you know they went in Phoenix game five and won a big one now they get to go yeah. home and we'll see I I do think the Bucks are going to win one uh winning in six 
we shall see. But back to the football, which we have, we are just under 54, 53 days. I think it's 53 now. So that's pretty exciting. Um, definitely, you know, looking forward to, I mean, we have college football too coming up soon. So we're going to be, we're going to have plenty of football in our hands. It'll be Lots great. Of football. It's a good be. time of year. It's a good time of year. So starting off, Tim, yeah, who are your honorable mentions for our top 10 interior offensive linemen of the 2021 season? So this was tough. Um, right? Like this list was yeah, hard. It was because there's a lot of young guys in the interior that are kind of coming up. I, I noticed doing this list is, it seems like it's a trend now that you're seeing interior offensive linemen drafted higher. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of guys again, like their centers getting drafted in the first round almost every year. It's very common to see uh, Quentin Nelson, Brandon Sheriff, two guys on my list were I think top six, top five picks. Like yeah. just recently interior offensive line was always a position that I think got ignored in the draft, but now the value has been really uh, put on um, mm-hmm. and it shows with the young guys upcoming and, you know, these big prospects starting to make a name for themselves this year. And that's what, that's what made this list so tough. It's like I had a whole bunch of up-and-coming guys that I liked, and it made uh, me take a couple of the stalwart self um, So one of them will be in my own mention. Uh, actually, two of them I'll give you because I'm a nice guy. Okay. Uh, I Two veteran guard uh, centers was Jason Kelsey and oh. Rodney Hudson. Okay. I had them both on my list last year. They were three and four, actually. And Kelsey just, like, you know, it's hard to be optimistic about his future when he was considering retiring the season. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I wouldn't say it a bad season, but I believe he was still on the Pro Bowl team um, this year. The team more of a, just a complete disaster. Yeah. But I, I was, wouldn't say that this was anywhere near one of his better seasons. Uh, so you definitely see a decline. I think he's more on the way out. Um, so it was hard to get him in there. And I, I just didn't think the last season really justified a top 10 finish for him. And then Rodney Hudson, uh, he was different. I was, I was thinking more. He was close. Yeah, uh, but he, you know, it was again, you know, just older. He's going to a good, bit different system, which I think he'll excel in. Um, but at the same time, you know, he, he's the Raiders had a very strong offensive line when he was there, and I think that helped a lot playing playing next to Gabe Jackson and uh, you know Trent Brown. Um, but those are two of my honorable mentions, and then the one other one I had, he's uh, just won a Super Bowl. He was number ten on my list last year, and it was just more of the renaissance by these younger guys. So Ali Marpet was also my honorable mention. I wanted to put him on there because I, you know, obviously they look great. You know, Bray obviously didn't get sacked at, like at all. Yeah, he did such a good job blocking that Bray got to play an entire season on a torn meniscus. Um, it's really impressive. But um, mm. I ultimately took him off for some of the younger guys. So those are my honorable mentions. Okay. Um, yeah. So actually, when you were going through your honorable mentions there. I decided I was going to swap one of mine for the 10th spot. Mm, Last Um, minute changing. Well, I was looking at stats and while his stats are still like really like consistent and impressive, I was looking at the age and some of the other players I'd rather have at that spot. Um, uh, I had Rodney Hudson at 10 and then seeing that you didn't have him on your list either. Gave me a little more confidence to take him off. But, I mean, the, the really the only thing that was keeping him on there for me was the fact that he's given up one sack per season for 10 straight. See, like, that's insane. Yeah, 10, no. To I, only give up 10 sacks in your whole career, of a 10-year career so far is mind-boggling. But I agree with you. He definitely had a, a down year, um, as did one of my other honorable mentions. I hate to say it, but Jason Kelsey did not make my list. Um. He just got way too many penalties last year. It was very uncharacteristic yeah. of him. Um, I mean, he played injured, you could tell. Yeah. But like you said, he, he, you know, on the verge of retirement off and on. And I think this will be his last year and then he'll retire. But we say that every year since like four years ago. So, yeah. Um, but he's a, you know, he was number three on our list last year um, just because that was arguably one of his best years. And then this year, slight decline. But, Still, him and Rodney Hudson are still the two and three best centers. And then someone else I put on my list, I think, is the the number one center. But, um, yeah, those two. And then um, Ryan Kelly, the center for the Colts, I also had as an honorable mention. Really good player. Um, Him and his buddy, uh, who I'll mention later. uh, Two really good interior linemen 
helping that Colts team thrive and hopefully they keep Carson Wentz healthy. But uh, yeah, yeah, those are my honorable mentions. So with that being said, well, who do you have for numero 10? I got I to gotta be honest. Your transition game is on point because my number 10 is Ryan Kelly. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. So I had him I, yeah, at nine. I, I thought about it multiple times, but. I had him at nine last year. Um, it's mm-hmm. actually funny because my two honorable mentions being Ronnie Hudson, Jason Kelsey, those are two stalwart superstar centers that have oh, been yeah. dominant for a while. Yeah. My nine and 10 with Ryan Kelly, they're two younger centers. I think they're both under, I know Kelly's 27. I think the other guy I have is like 25. Mm-hmm. So I kind of was looking more for the future and, you know, the changing of the the guard. So uh, that's kind of why I, I put, yeah, I put the two young guys right, right in my, at the bottom of the top 10, knocking out Hudson and Kelsey, but uh, Ryan Kelly, I mean, you, the Colts have a really good offensive line. Uh, I, I, it's part of the reason why I think Carson Wentz is going to do pretty good over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, like he's going to be protected. Kelly's been a pro bowler the last two years. I uh, played 15 games this season. Uh, you know, rarely he had one season where he, you know, played seven games, but other than that he plays majority of this time. Uh, he's very durable. Mm-hmm. Him and I, I think it helps a lot playing it's playing next to Quentin Nelson. That's a deadly double team um, combo they have there. Oh, yeah. And listen, I mean, Rivers is not a mobile quarterback. He was going to need time in the pocket. And their run game really did well. Like their running back stepped up. Jonathan Taylor had a great rookie season. And I think a lot of it had to do with the strength of that offensive line. Um, so, you know, very good young player. Like I said, he's, I think, the next the next era of uh, top centers in the league. And I believe he was a first round pick too, going off to what we were saying. Like, it's just the, the value has changed recently. You could see them. So uh, I, I went with Ryan Kelly and I, I, I'm, I'm optimistic. I think he's going to have a good year. I think the Colts offense in general with Wentz is going to have a good year. So I'm optimistic in his future. Yeah. I mean, I, I like I said, I had the, I must've rotated five different people out of this 10 spot. Um, <laughs> and so, like I said, I had Rodney Hudson, and then we had a last-minute substitution. Decided after looking at uh, what college he went to, I had to put a Virginia Tech Hokie in my list. Uh, so, coming in, coming in at number 10, I have uh, Wyatt Teller, the Browns guard. Um, you know, I didn't know he was a Hokie. Yeah, neither did I. <laughs> um, yeah, he's – I mean, that – what's what's there to say about that Cleveland, like, uh, rushing game was – out of this oh, yeah. world i oh, mean yeah. nick chubb is a phenomenal player in his own right and so is cream hunt but those two like they, that browns line gave them literally a clear pass that hey go run somebody over cream hunt go <laughs> catch a ball you know on a on a screen and just take it to the house like they that they were so such an improvement and they all played so well together so it's hard not to put that whole line on this list but Oh yeah. That's uh, I, the, the best line in football, honestly, in my opinion. Yeah. That, yeah. They, uh, it's just there. And he was taken 2018 draft. So like, he's still very young and already this talented. So I think this was his breakout year. Like I really, I never yeah. even, I heard the guy's name before this year. And now I'm seeing Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb just run all over with him steamrolling uh, everyone uh, over in between before. Yeah, I mean, PFF said he had a, uh, Rum blocking grade of 93.6, which is apparently one of the best they've ever seen in, yeah. since they've started recording. So, <laughs> like I said, I, that uh, run game is was insane. It was historic last year. So, oh, yeah, I agree with you with everything you said. I actually like, I, I think you're you're sleeping on him, put him at 10. I oh, have him higher oh. up on this list, okay. and it's pretty much goes to everything you just said. Like, everything you said, I don't feel like it's the 10th, the 10th guy. That sounds like a top five guy. I, I think one of his teammates is a little more talented so i had him higher but fair enough fair enough so uh my number nine and like i said uh you know my nine and ten were two young centers up and coming Mm -hmm. um and this guy he i believe again he was a first round pick 2018 in that draft as well um so it goes back to what i was saying with them being drafted a little bit higher yeah um young 25 but he's just made the pro bowl this year he only had one penalty and he missed th- he's missed three games in his entire three-year career so he's durable guy goes out there competes and he looks like he's going to be you know one of the solid uh, offense linemen for years to come and that is frank Ragnow, the center from detroit okay i had him on my list last year i believe but he did not make the cut this year 
He did not. I see. He wasn't on my my list last year. Um, okay. I didn't. He really was number ten. I believe on mine. I didn't give him a lot of consideration, to be honest with you. But this year, you kind of heard his. You knew his name going in. Like I, I you know, obviously he was a big draft pick. Mm-hmm. So it's hard when you play for Detroit. No one cares about Detroit. Right. So it's really hard to kind of stand out. But between him and I like Penny Sewell, I think they got a nice little line for their, you know, their yearly rebuild that they do. So it seems like they're getting a foundation there in Detroit to build off of. Yeah, I, I, I he's, he's a shining star on that <laughs> not shining star of a team, um, mm-hmm. to put it lightly. But yeah, I, I like, I was saying like the, the talent, you know, it, it's harder for us to do stuff like this where the stats are not super reliable because there's not a lot yeah. of stats recorded. It's more like, you know, how many pressures did they give up or how many sacks, how many penalties? What were the team stats as far as rushing yards, passing yards? Like, but that's all so hard to understand unless you actually see the, the plays of the games. So it's a lot of looking at body of work and, you know, just seeing what their peers say about them, seeing what experts of those teams who they follow. Cause I feel like for, especially for like Jason Kelsey, as an example, Last year, he had a phenomenal year, or excuse me, two years ago, he had a phenomenal year. And then last year, like we said, a little down. But I feel like a lot of people who report on the NFL as a whole and not the Eagles yeah, didn't look at him as a top three center anymore or top five center, which I think is a little disrespectful. But also it's like, I think it's because they're not focusing in on them every time, just like we would have certain players not as high because we're not able to watch them, you know, every yeah. Sunday. So these are tough. That's why I didn't have Ragno on my, my list, but I mean, going off, of he's, another, he's a good player. There's a lot of good yeah. young um, interior linemen. So, oh yeah. Well, going back to what you're saying, like one of the metrics I use when I do these rankings, especially for up the is the team success. Like yeah. if they're running backs, you know, run, like just what we said with the Browns, you know, they, if the running backs are having great years and the quarterbacks not getting sacked and not getting, you know, hit a lot, I'm going to give credit to the offensive line for making that happen. You know, they start the whole, the whole uh, engine on offense. And uh, I mean, the center position is a young position. In, like it's a, a very well represented young position with, you know, I, Ryan Kelly, obviously I talked about Frank right now. Another yeah. guy who was in my honorable mention was Eric McCoy, the Saints center. He's another young guy that, uh, that they look like they're going to be stars for a very long time. Yeah. I think, um, it's it's so like you said it's hard to evaluate sometimes but yeah i, I don't i have no arguments here with that pick it's the bottom half is to, i think the top like five six are a little more clear-cut but this yeah. like this range as as it usually is in our in our rankings lists the the latter half of like seven to ten are usually you know you could have 10 players substituted in so but um yeah, so my number nine, uh, guy I had on my list last year, uh, hailing from the college, I don't know why I said college. He went to uh, <laughs> Indiana. He was a who's that? With the college, the college uh, stats are going around. You hey, can we clearly gotta, tell look, that. You, look, these you, these linemen don't have a lot of stats. We gotta we gotta. Give I know. I, I was just gonna say you, you can clearly tell you don't have many stats to go along with this. Wayne in the college five three hundred twenty three pounds. Now oh, he. <laughs> Uh, Titans guard Roger Saffold, um, another really talented line up there with the Browns is the Titans. I mean, just look at King Henry, how phenomenal of a player he is. I mean, he's not even from earth, so that's a different conversation entirely, but he has a very good line to help him as well. Um, and you, you can tell, you can kind of see like which players really benefit from, you know, having a good line and then which ones struggle when their line isn't good or their line is injured. Um, and I feel like if Saffold went out, as would if, you know, his tackle Taylor Wan was out, I mean, they didn't skip a beat. And I think he was part of that because he was, he had a strong year again. Um, and he's been around for a while. I didn't realize he was drafted in 2010. I thought he yeah, was, he was little... on, um, well, he's another guy. I mean, you mentioned Derek Henry already, but he was the guy <laughs> blocking for Todd Gurley. Yeah, those, he was on the Rams. Those, yeah. But... And I mean, look, he left. I want to say it was the year they it was the the offseason after the Super Bowl 
he signed with the Titans after that. And the Rams have struggled offensively since then. I mean, obviously Todd Gurley got hurt and he kind of fell, fell yeah, apart, but he signed you know, with the Titans in 2019. So yeah. And like the, that Rams offensive line has seen a decline since he's oh, left. Yeah. No, he's good. He, I didn't have him in my top 10, but mm-hmm. uh, he was a guy I was considering. Um, no. Mostly because I mean, like you said, like Derek Henry, when he's succeeding at him 2000 yards, you can't ignore the offensive line helping there. And he did the same thing when he was with the Rams. And yeah. you see the difference. He, the offense for the Rams was a juggernaut when he was there. And I'm not saying he was the only reason, but losing him was a big loss for them. And I think the Titans have just excelled. They've made a big jump since he's come out. Oh, yeah. So No, I like Saffold. I, I didn't ultimately go with him, but I, I was considering him. I did like him. I went a little bit younger on my list. Um, so my number eight is a guy playing on a new team this year. Signed okay. up. Big contract, got paid. Mm. Um, hasn't missed a single game in his five-year career. Mm. He was top five for me last year. He was literally number five. Um, okay. I'm I'm high on him. I know we dropped a little bit on the list, but I think this was more of other players stepping up than it was him really stepping back. Because mm-hmm. I really think he's going to have a good year tomorrow, and I like or uh, next year, and I like the situation he's in. Uh-huh. So I had at number eight Joe Thune. Uh, formerly with the Patriots. Joe now, Tooney, number eight. Hmm. Now Kansas City Chiefs' new offensive guard. Can't say I agree with that, but go ahead. I mean, he's he's easily one of the best pass-blocking guards in the NFL. And now he's going to the most pass-friendly offense in the NFL. I think it's a mer- you know match made in heaven for both player and team. Um, yeah, so you, he's always been you solid. Dropped him? I don't know how you dropped him from five all the way to yeah, eight. That's what I, I, it's, it's okay. a, I'm in, I wouldn't say drop. I would say other guys just jumped ahead of him. Like it really wasn't anything against him. He's still a stud, but other guys had better years and they really excelled. Um, okay. Plus the, the good dude's very durable. Uh, I, I think he had one penalty last year. Uh, you know, he's very super consistent. You know, what you're going to get. And, uh, you know, he's been top-notch for a very long time. I'm surprised he, he's never been a pro bowler, which I was surprised to hear that. Really? Um, yeah, he's never been in the pro bowl. Find that no way. No, I'm looking at it right now. What do you think of a line? Well, no, honestly, honestly um, I think a common thing with linemen is they either go to all the pro bowls or they go to one. It's very weird how that how, yeah. like. Well, I think offensive line is the biggest one where a name gets you on these pro bowl teams more than anything. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, a lot of people don't know what time to buy uh, uh, about, you know, offensive linemen. Um, but I, I, I scratched that. They said he had one uh, penalty. He had three holding penalties last year. But, you know, he's really kept his penalties down every year. Yeah. Uh, the year before, 2019, he didn't have a single one. And the Patriots kind of, you know, their offense made it a change towards the end of Brady when he was there. Um, it was more of a run-heavy scheme. And the offensive line, him and Shaq Mason were a big part of that, and David Andrews. Yeah. And I think he was the best one on that offline during that era. And I think he's going to do a great job in Kansas City. And uh, I have to think that he's going to be on a Pro Bowl this year. Um, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that they needed line help. You saw what happened to Patrick Mahomes, zero. Oh, yeah. He's running for his life 70% of the snaps. So it's a perfect marriage of team and player because he's going to go to a situation that, that, emphasizes his strengths and pass protection and like you said the chiefs just need people to block they don't they just don't have offensive linemen yeah I... who'd you have a number eight so number eight i had a 6'4 307 pound super bowl champion oh and if someone anyone who's listening to this episode Please message us because I have no idea where this college is or I've, I've never heard of it. Uh, he's from Hobart, Hobart University. Hobart. Hobart? I've never that. heard of Hobart. Hobart makes like commercial dishwashers. That's, that's the only thing I know about Hobart. He went to so he went to school for for dishwashing. <laughs> so, anyway, I know there's a company named at the college. That's all I know. Anyways. Um, yeah. So I have Tampa Bay Bucks guard Ali Marpet who you had as an honorable mention which is surprising because I'm usually the Tampa Bay Bucks hater and you're usually you know a little more lenient with them but trust me I heard your 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 voice oh it doesn't matter he won the Super Bowl he's it's a team game 
How can, he's one of 53 uh-huh. people that won the Super Bowl last year. How can you give crap to anyone on Tampa Bay saying they had a bad year? They all had a good year. I don't care yeah. about the team sport. Every single individual player on the Buccaneers had a good year. They won the Super Bowl. Um, part of that was I looked at a lot of things where, I mean, we, we were talking about last year in our running backs episode how Leonard Fournette, we're like, yeah, he's probably going to get traded halfway through because there's no way he's going to stay on the Jaguars or they're not going to bring him back on that contract and then he went to tampa um and they had a nice like rotation with him and ronald jones and they were they were bullying people in the playoffs and part of that was you know players on this like their line is also in that realm of like you know when like like, let's consider a fully healthy offensive line we talking browns titans Eagles, uh, Cowboys, and the Bucks are in that too. Like their line is very good. Um, so yeah, I have him uh, from Hobart University or University of Hobart. Alley Market. I have no idea where that is. I don't know. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> tell us. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, no, I, I had nothing to get. Obviously, I didn't have my list, but I, I thought about him. I wanted. Yeah. To, I had him on my list last year. I just, I like the other guys I put on there a little bit better. Um, and I, I was really thinking because when. When he got hurt, he missed three games in the middle of the season. The Bucks struggled. They mm-hmm. did struggle when he was gone. He was a big part mm-hmm. of that. And, uh, you know, you have a very immobile quarterback. He's the greatest mm-hmm. ever, but he's still very immobile. He needs to be protected. Greatest ever as an immobile quarterback. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, with the running backs, you said they were successful in the run game with, you know, just a stable of different running backs. Like, I don't think any of them are really superstars. I think, you know, they just had a strong enough line that made it easy for them. So, I uh, had yeah. no complaints on that one. My number seven. So a guy you actually already mentioned foolishly way too early. Really? Uh, he was second team all pro. He was the guy that, you know, like I said, he came out of nowhere. I didn't really know who he was beforehand, but uh, he's arguably the best. Oh, that's always blocking. good. You, you have no idea who he is, but you're going to put him on his list. Good to hear. No, no, no. Well, now I know about him. I didn't know. Oh, about okay, him last okay. year. That's why he wasn't on my list last year. Okay. Um, so I think he's the best run blocking offensive guard in uh, football. And okay. that's going to be Wyatt Teller. So he, I mean, listen, we already talked about, I won't get too much into it because a lot of what you said, I agree with. I think you actually ranked him too low and including everything you said, it sounds like a top five guy, top seven guy from everything you mentioned about him. Sure. Um, But obviously very strong season. He's young. Um, They struggled when he was hurt. When he missed time last year, they struggled a lot. Uh, He came back and there was an immediate difference. He's a catalyst of the the best offensive line in football and Mm -hmm the best run game in football and he's he's the guy um you know who deserves a lot of credit for that yeah no i mean yeah i I gave you all my reasons um when i had him at 10 and i think he's only getting better so i for 10 and 7 i don't really have any real gripes with that so but yeah i mean really good player obviously um so my number seven and I know I'm going to get an earful from you, but you, number you've been seven. Doing one. You, number I've seven. been agreeing with you too much. You're due for an earful. Yeah, number seven, I have a player that did not play last year. Um, and Well, actually, did he, didn't he? I think he might have played one game at the end. I can't remember. I think he played game 17. Anyway, or game 16. Um, Eagles guard Brandon Brooks. Now, I know we had this discussion about – Huh? He didn't play at all last year. I thought he was. I thought he played the last game because I remember they were talking about trying to get him on the field for a little bit. I could have sworn he played the last game. I don't think so. He like right, towards regardless. The uh, yeah, whatever. Um, I, so yeah, I we had that big argument with Vita Vea. How I was like, oh, he only played five games. Blah blah blah. Well, here's the difference. Brandon Brooks has been in the league since 2012. Established guard when he is healthy, one of the best. No questions asked for the you know past five, six years, whatever. Obviously, he's had a lot of injury concerns the past few seasons. Um, but even in, going into last year, when we were doing our rankings, that was, I think, a, it must have been like a week or two before we did our list that he tore his ACL or MCL, whatever it was. And we were like, we're not going to put him on our list because he's obviously not going to play. Yeah. But if he was, if he didn't get injured, then he would have been top five for us. And I think that still holds true. He's got that talent. Um, you know, he's coming towards the regression part of his career in a couple seasons, yeah. I would say. Maybe this year, maybe next year. But 
like I said, it, if he's healthy this year, like it seems like he is, and he trains like an animal from what yeah. I've been seeing. Like he, he uses like fighting, like Taekwondo or some shit is like training thing. Um, he'll be good. And I think seven is a good spot because I'm not, I'm not getting overly hyped for him because there's always that injury concern, but the yeah. talent itself speaks. So I, I had him at seven. Actually, very interesting because I do have um, Brandon Brooks on my list. He's a little bit higher than seven. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I, okay. And you know what? Well, you know what? When we started, I, I was immediately regretting it because I was like, I, I, he's way too high, but I stuck with it. And I'll admit this was Eagles biased. And this was me being really optimistic that he's going to come back with no issues. Cause I knew once we started doing this, I was like that, that he's way too high. So I will, I won't kill you on that. As long as you're not like two. And no, I think we'll be fine. <laughs> I mean, cause it's, it goes back to what you said. Like he plays, he is one of the best guards in football. Like he is easily top five when he plays. I'm a little worried now. Cause now it's a couple major injuries. He already did it once came yeah. back and didn't skip a beat. Mm-hmm. Now you're asking him to do it again with another major injury. So my optimism for him is a little bit lower, but I still like this guy. I, I'm very confident he's going to be back next year. Yeah. And he's going to be awesome. Yeah. The Vita Vea thing now, you're still imbecile on that. Because the difference with Vita Vea and Brandon Brooks, sure, you know, they both didn't play much. Brooks didn't play at all. But Vita Vea is young and he's ascending. Mm-hmm. Brandon Brooks, I, and I have him ranked higher than you, but he is he's a concern in the future. I, I don't feel confident in his future as I do with a younger player like Vita Vea. So when Vita Vea plays five games, I'm not going to punish him because I know he's going to get better. Where Brooks, you know, now you're a little worried. I I have general concerns that, you know, he might not be the same guy. I I, I think he'll be okay, but it's a lot of injuries to come back from. I look at it this way. Vita Vea, and I said this in our episode, he, I'm, I wasn't saying that he wasn't justified as being a top 10 defensive tackle. I said the talent's there. I just wasn't ready to crown him yet. Um, when he plays the full season this year, I'm hopefully then we'll reevaluate and I'm sure he'll be in my top 10, but you know what? You'll just be late to the party. That's all it is. I'm already at the party. having a great time. You're just late to it. You haven't I, showed up I, yet. I left the party early because I had to take care you of never some business. Showed up. You're... No, no, no. You never showed up. Yeah. Okay. But th- this is the way I look at it. You, players like Vita Vey who are super young, um, they're not, they have a, such a small sample size. So what we've seen is like, very optimistic but will it come to fruition will they be able to continue it for multiple years like is he going to be able to be a top run stopping defense like defensive tackle for seven plus seasons we don't know whereas look at the player like brandon brooks who's been in the league for you know eight nine years i've seen what he's been able to do and it's i've seen the consistency the only red flag is the injury so it's a different mentality and i i understand where you're coming from where it's like uh if i'm building a team who do i want like you would want to take a a risk on a player like that who's really young and could you know end up being really talented and really good down the road but the way i look at it is just i know what i'm getting you know what i mean so that's my that's my t on that my explanation i don't you're just late to the party that's all that really is i this is a, a garden center list, not a detackle list. So let's get I back just, to it. Just, oh, by the way, before it, we you forget, brought it up, by the way, before we forget, Brandon Brooks hailing from Miami of Ohio, oh, Red Hawks, man. class of wow, 2012. Oh, nice, mm-hmm. impressive. All right, so my number, um, <laughs> I've let you you speak your nonsense yeah, for long enough. Number six. So my number six is actually a teammate of my number seven wire teller. He oh. was also a second team all pro offensive guard last year. I believe okay. he made the Pro Bowl as well. Okay. I honestly, what I find amazing about the Browns offensive line is I already went on a spiel how why teller I think is the best run blocking offensive guard in football. Sure. But you could make an argument that my number six, Joel B. Betonio, is one of the best pass blocking offensive guards in football. Like they just have such a diverse skill set in the offensive line where guys are just excellent in run blocking or pass blocking and it all comes together really nicely. Joel Petonio used to be a uh, right tackle. So I think his pass blocking skills kind of transition nicely into the inside. And it's, I mean, it's made the Browns the best offensive line in football. So I won with him back-to-back teammates. I gave Petonio the slight nod over Teller kind of Mm -hmm. going back to whatever your ridiculous argument was. Uh, Betonio has been around a little longer. I've seen him been good consistently. Tell her this was his first year I've seen. Uh-huh. So yeah, you're right. I, 
I guess between the two of them, I know what I'm getting more with Petonio because I've seen it longer, more consistent. Where right. Teller more was, you know, one year. I still feel I'm very high on Teller. I don't think he's going to start sucking. But I put him over uh, Teller kind of just because he's been more consistent already. But they're both incredible. They are part of that uh, the best offensive line in football. And, I mean, he's a great, great pass blocker, but he can also run block pretty well. He only gave up one sack last year, three penalties. Uh, just a really, really good offensive lineman. I think that's pretty funny how you did that um, because you're giving me shit for how low I ranked Wyatt Teller, but I have Joel Batoni way higher than you. So now you're the one being disrespectful. Wait, way higher. I had him at six. I mean, where'd you put him? Like top three? All right, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, did you watch that Cleveland team last year? I did. I had both of them in my top 10. Um, you know, I mean, I gave them the respect they deserve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. My number six. Coincidentally, he was also my number six last year. Um, hailing from the University of Iowa, a former Hawkeye, drafted in 2015, Mr. Brandon Sheriff. Brief Sheriff. I don't know about that. I don't know how you want to it. You're sleeping on him. Rit sleeping at six? He's, he's a top three guard. He's a top three interior offensive mm. lineman. I, 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 what are you talking about? I mean, he's been like I, a multiple time all pro. When, the only time he, like, he just, he, he's got an injury concern. I'll admit that. But that's the only thing against him. He's awesome. He's been awesome. I mean, no complaints. I, I've, I said the same thing last year. It was just, I, I think he's top five talent. It's just a matter of he can't usually, like, he's been having, from staying healthy his whole career so far so so okay hold on hold on real fast real fast so i'm sorry you said you had him at the same exact spot last year yeah so you were last year your main thing was he gets hurt and you're inconsistent so he goes on to play the full season and go Mm -hmm. to the he's he was an all pro his first team all pro and doesn't move on your list he stays in the exact same spot after had an all pro season i just have five linemen that i think are slightly better but the, the rationale doesn't make sense. He had probably his best year in his career and somehow doesn't move on your list. I mean, four to six, I could flip, you know, no problem. So I just, I just don't understand how a guy has the best year of his career and doesn't move up. He doesn't improve. I don't know what to tell you. It was a tough know. list. Here we go. This is what we got. I don't know what to tell you. you just... I'll, I'll pull the, uh, I'll pull the Leonard Williams card that you used. Oh, he plays on a bad team. Which I think Washington's actually not a bad team, but Washington was in the playoffs last year. They probably yeah. had their best year when with him of his career last year. No, I'm not. I'm not going to argue that. I think he is phenomenal, one of the best guards. But I think there are a couple of players who just played slightly higher levels and have been and are healthy. So. I don't I mean, it's pretty questionable. You're saying healthy. The guy did kind of play all season and made the all-pro team. Yeah, no, no, I'm not not denying that. But, um, yeah, okay. That's uh... – <laughs> see, I like it when we have arguments. That's spice. You can pretty much guarantee them every time. Oh, you, don't yeah. bring, you don't use them logic enough. You just, you just say things. Oh, I just – do you have his PFF grade on hand? I just closed it out. Uh, I don't know. I mean, because I, I – I have him later on my list, so I didn't have my stuff up for him. Oh, classic. All right. Fair enough. Um, so that was my number six. We we are now moving into the top five territory. So who do you got at five? So I mean, you obviously made your question your most questionable pick so far with um Brandon Sheriff. So I'll give you my most questionable one and I'll admit it's questionable. But oh god. Like I said, I I do think I ranked him a little bit higher, but again. He is a top five guard when he's out there. And I've seen him come back from a major injury already, and he still looked awesome. I'm a little more worried now because he's got multiple major injuries, but I still feel confident he's going to be pretty good. So you're looking at the metrics. Obviously, I can't use last year. I think he's in a a pretty solid year next year. I think he's going to be good. I mean, I I don't expect him to to struggle. Like, he had the injury very early um, in training camp last year, so he's had plenty of time to recover. And – if I was starting my team, I'd still want him pretty high because he's one of the best guards in football. So I went with Brandon Brooks at number five. Number five. Obviously, you know, yeah. I, listen, he's a top five guy. I thought, I thought it was fair because he's a top five talent to put him at the very end of the top five because because of the injury concern. But 
I mean, he's 31. He's not, you know, he's not a spring chicken, but he's not super spring old. Chicken. Yeah, I, that, that was it for me. Like, I just didn't know where to put him. Same with a lot of these players. Like, I mean, you could arguably put half of these players, like, besides like one and two, who I think we probably have the same. You yeah. could probably move three to 10 pretty easily. Um, I think the talent's pretty across the board, but we'll see. I hope, I mean, for obviously as Eagles fans, we hope he stays healthy and performs like a top five guard, but. Oh yeah. And I, you know, I, we'll see. I accept that there's more risk at it because it's multiple injuries, but I still feel confident this guy's going to come in and be a unit. And he's so good when he plays. Yeah. Healthy him, healthy Kelsey, healthy lane. We can only hope. Yeah. I mean, they're getting up there in age. They are, uh, but they still look pretty good. I mean, I know I already said with Kelsey, like it wasn't his best season by, by any measure, but he still made the Pro Bowl team and he still was very solid. It's just, he sets the bar too high for himself. Like Jason Kelsey, like you're talking about one of the best centers in the last like 20 years. Yeah. So the bar is set really high from. Yeah. I mean, Brandon books is, you know, like we said, we'll see where he goes this year. But um, so my number five, a gentleman from the Ohio State University, mm. who I would say probably the best center in the league right now and is now on a new team in almost at San Diego in L.A. Oh, you call yourself. Corey Lindsley. Um, yeah, I mean, it. I feel like we had this conversation last year about how uh, – because I don't think he was in either of our lists, but I remember like – is either off camera or, or during the episode we were talking about how he's you know a rising player you know he's been in the league for a couple of years now but i mean he had he, he pretty sure he was the all pro center for this year um he was yeah first team yeah so the the justin herbert desperately needs someone like him to help keep him upright and healthy for his career um so I, I, I mean, huge loss on the Packers to not be able to bring him back, but um, yeah, he's with Hudson and Kelsey, um, you know, being up there in age, I think Coy Lindsley is as long as he continues this, this growth he's having, yeah. um, I think he'll probably end up staying as the top center for the next few seasons. So um, I haven't heard him mentioned in your list is that a it's good actually, thing or a bad thing? Uh, it's actually funny you mentioned him because I'll go right into my four. My four oh. is is Corey Lindsay. Okay, good. <laughs> so no, I, I I agree. I pretty much everything you said I agree with. Um, I like where he's gone. I like him in the Chargers. I know yeah. the Chargers are gonna like him. They gave him a ton of money. He's Hell super right. consistent. <laughs> I think he I think he's missed like uh, like thirteen I mean, he missed, games in his entire he, career. Yeah, he missed three games last year, but. He missed 13 games in seven seasons. So he's been pretty consistent, uh, you know, throughout his career. This was his best year. He made the all-pro team, like you said. Yeah. Um, he didn't have a single um, – didn't give up a single oh, – he, he gave up one sack and didn't have a single penalty. Yeah, one sack and no penalties. That's pretty remarkable, especially for that the is, center because they get – sometimes they can get called for that since – Especially, yeah. yeah especially on the offense. everywhere, yeah. Especially on the offense, like the Packers who love to throw. So, uh, yeah. yeah, no, I, I – Piggyback off what you said, I mean, I agree with you. He is the number one center in my mind right now. Um, mm -hmm. Just like I said with Joe Tooney, I think this is a good mix. This is a great setup for team and player uh, mm -hmm. with him going to the Chargers. He's reuniting with Bulaga, who played with him in uh, Green Bay, and the Chargers need offensive line help. They need to keep oh, Justin Herbert safe. And uh, a smart veteran center like that is is, um, is is a great start. So he was my number four. How about you? Uh, yeah, my number four, um, you already mentioned, he is uh, now going to be on um, perennial Super Bowl contender. And hopefully he can help Mr. MVP stay upright. Um, so I have the North Carolina State Wolfpack alum, Mr. Joe Tooney. Um, uh, I'm, actually, I'm actually surprised you had him that high. I, I mean, I looked at it as model consistency you know, throughout his five-year career so far, four-year career. And, like, he was the only – I mean, that that Patriots line's been getting better. Um, I think they have some decent pieces coming around, but he was, like, their rock, you know, for a bit there. And and now that he's going over to KC, Patty Mahomes needs him. 
And oh yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, he only gave up he had three penalties, gave up two sacks last year, but he put, he played 980 snaps. So you know, he's he's in there. He's playing a lot of minutes. Um, I you had him at what six or seven? Yes, I think I had him at seven. I believe. Yeah. Um, I th- I yeah. think he'll. Oh, do, no, I had him at eight. I had him eight. I think he'll do well on the Chiefs' offensive line. So, and I mean, he's like I said, he's been. I think he was. Let's see, I had him. Looks like I had him at a four last year too. So, oh, good job, Mister Consistent. A little bit of consistency here, yeah. I mean, if I, like I'll put a player where I think they should be, and then if they end up being there, like like I said, I put Brandon Shire fit six last year because I thought that's where he should be, and then he was six again this year. So, um, I actually, I'm glad you mentioned him. Um, I don't mean to cut you off, but okay. I first off. Joe Tony is not better than Brandon Sheriff. They, I, that was a bad, that's a bad move. That's a bad ranking for sure. Cause my number three is Brandon Sheriff correctly where he should be. Number three. You're talking about a four time pro bowler. He was an all pro this past season. Okay. The only knock on him is his injury concern. And it's just the last three seasons. The first three seasons, he missed two games. Then he had 18, he missed half the season. And then he played in 11 games in 19 and 13 this past season. So his, his injury is really the only concern I have for him. But the guy's a stud. Like, the, the Redskins uh, or the football team, they, I think, exceeded expectations. You know, there's not much to that roster. Mm, um, yeah. But they played pretty well. Uh, the offense line I thought was strong. I think, uh, you know, the run game was pretty good with Antonio Gibson in his first year. And I think a lot had a lot to do with um, Brendan Sharp being healthy. Um, I think I see him as a top three guard in the league. I don't know what you're smoking that you don't have him this high. And I, I just I, between him and Tooney, I definitely think Brandon Sheriff is the better offensive line. I mean, I I think it's really just for me the whole injury thing. And then, like you said, he Sheriff played. He proved that he could stay healthy this year. So I I don't foresee that being like you know a, a downside to him next year if he stays healthy. But I just looked at it as who's going to thrive really well in their situation for next year and looking at their talent. So I think Tooney is that, at that yeah. fourth spot. I see what you're saying. And sure. I mean, yeah, between Tooney and Sheriff specifically, like obviously Tooney's never missed a game. So, you know, you would give him the nod in the durability and, you know, Sheriff, he's got a little injury history, but he's really only had like two years where he missed like a good amount of time. He's for been sure. consistent all the time. But times. they were bad injuries. So. Yeah, but he's dominant when he's played. And I would, I think the season was his best season of his career. And that's after the injuries. I agree. I agree. So, I mean, if you want to, I think, I don't know if you also, I mean, I guess you, you're sleeping on Sheriff anyway, but I think this was his best year of his career. And at his age, it shows he's still getting better. You know, he's only 28, I think. Um, It'll be interesting to see where he goes from that because the football team is such a poorly run organization. So they do stupid stuff all the time. So having Brandon Sheriff play on a second franchise tag is just idiotic. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if he's always going to, if he's going to stay in Washington, it'll be interesting to see where he goes. It'll be interesting to see, um, the contract is not, that man will get paid. He is a top offensive yeah. lineman. So, uh, you know, his future is one I'm interested in. Cause I just, I don't see where he, how he would um, stay with Washington long-term. Just, I, it's a bad organization and guys that get to the second franchise tag rarely get an extension with the, that team. Yes. But I feel like of all the positions, Beyond quarterback, I think the ones you want to have secured in the long term are are talented linemen. Um, oh, I agree with you. That's so, why they're a poor run organization that should sign him. Like right, the the it, fact that you have this guy on a one-year franchise deal twice now is idiotic. You should have locked him up and signed him by now. Yeah, I mean, if you rearrange the Washington football team's uh, abbreviation, WFT, you get WTF, and that's what – a lot of times they do because you're scratching That's your true. head yeah. why did they make that decision but like i i've said a couple times on other episodes i think they have the makings of a more competitive team i think fitzpatrick is going to be decent for them i like their defense a lot um antonio gibson's a nice young running back they have some good receivers it's, it's weird to say but washington's like they're they might be the favorites to win the NFC East. Who knows? But eh, we'll see. I'm not going to start get blowing them smoke because they're a poor run organization. I mean, that, this might. Be, I mean, this this division is the biggest. Quite I've never been so unsure of who's going to come out on top because, like, 
like we've said, not, I mean, not to get off, off topic, but the giants could come out of nowhere and surprise the Cowboys could stay healthy and actually perform the Washington could do well. The Eagles could surprise and actually like Jalen Hurts could be a MVP candidate. Like we, we literally have no idea what's going to happen. So, um, like I, I, I'm not, I don't know if he's number three, but four, five, six is where I would put Sheriff. Okay. Well, yeah, fair enough. Um, just going to throw this out there. The guy who your number three is, who I'm assuming is your number three. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was second team all pro behind Brendan Sheriff last year. So just, you know, I, I, all pros a good metric. I mean, yeah, it, but you go ahead. Tell me something. <laughs> all right. Well, you seem to love your pro football focus stats mm-hmm. and numbers. Okay. So I'll give you one for my number three uh, interior offensive lineman who is a guard. Um, this gentleman, first of all, has very nice facial hair, very, very caveman-esque. Um, according to PFF, he is the highest graded pass blocking guard of the past season. He put up uh, an 80 score for pass blocking or higher in five straight seasons. Not bad, not topped, bad. And has topped 85 each year since 2017. And he gave up a sack in week one and then hasn't given up Well, Yeah. So he gave up one sack all year and it was in week one. So mm-hmm. I have, I even bring up his college because I got to give them representation here from the Nevada Wolf Pack. Oh, Joel. <laughs> I was Joel, cute. I like that. Joel Petonio of the Cleveland Browns. So we have two brownies on this list. Um, I think he, deserves to be this high because of uh, arguably the best pass blocking guard one of the best pass blocking linemen in the league right now which is funny because the browns are insane as a running team so you know he's also very good at running at uh run blocking if the team is getting that much push you know getting that much if hunt and chubb are having these many openings these many lanes getting all these rushing yards he's doing it both if you two way players like that are a lot of times you'll see linemen are like excel at like some of them are like really good run blocks, some of them are really good at getting out on pulls for screens and stuff or sweeps or whatever. You know, some of them are only really good at pass blocking and staying still. Yeah. Joel is really good at both um, well rounded offensive linemen, which, you know, it, diamond in a rough, honestly, for a guard too. So, I think he deserves that three spot. I can I could see why you might have him a little lower, but those uh, I, PFF numbers don't lie. So yeah, you're I I I do like coming out. I mean, I ranked him pretty high on my list, and his, his pass blocking is really impressive because I know Same. that there was a time they were moving him to left tackle to take Joe Thomas's spot, which yeah, you know, you never see. You constantly see tackles get bumped inside. You know, the short arm guys. Why do you that. think? You, why do you think Baker had never a better? See. Why do you think Baker yeah. had a better season? He had time to throw the ball. I agree. But you never see inside guys move outside, and that was impressive. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, the Batonio one I can live with. I think the Tooney rankings is too high. I think that's your biggest blunder. I think well, Sheriff yeah. was your biggest blunder. You pretty you're pretty much listen. guaranteed a blunder every time we do these rankings. Uh, Sheriff was definitely your blunder this week, and we, Tooney was right behind. I think you're just overvaluating Tooney a little bit. I said, so I say seven to ten is a spot, and then four to six. And then top three. So four to six, I had Tooney at four, Sheriff at six. I don't, I mean, I could flip them. It's not a big deal, but I'm just saying going into this year, that's how I uh, viewed it. I had Tony, Tooney a slight edge. That's all it is. Fair enough. Well, uh, so get to my top two. I have a feeling that we both have the same top two, unless you have another surprise for me. I mean, as much um, as I hate one of the teams that this guy plays for, yeah, I think we both have the same. So Yeah, I would, I would, uh, I would agree with, with you there. So, uh, all right, well, my number two, he is on that team that we don't like. So it's always stinks having to, you know, give him his doo-doo. But he has been awesome since he's entered the league. He uh, – this year actually – this year you could say was his worst year of his career, only really because of the injuries. He only played 10 games. Too. That says a lot. Well, I mean, I'm not going to say this guy's an injury concern. The, the six years before this year, um, he missed two games in six seasons. So, yeah, I, the guy can have one injury season, and I'm not worried about it. And you know what? 
when he wasn't out there, oh, it it, it showed. It showed. Oh, and you know, yep. you know who really showed was man. Zeke struggled a lot. It's almost and like I, it was, I was saying that all last year when we had our running back rankings that that line is a pro like Zeke is a product of that line, but you guys didn't want to believe well, it. Well, that I, I think that's unfair. I think that's no, unfair. I, I mean, any, any running back is a product of their line. You need course, a good line to have a good running back. I just but yeah, no, I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know what you, I mean, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt wouldn't be as good if they didn't play behind that line. This is true. This is true. So uh, he's a six time pro bowler, four time all pro. He has been like, you know, him Brooks, uh, our number one who we'll get to later. Yeah, um, they've been the best interior offensive lineman for years now. Um, so there's really no change in this. I think he's been number two, honestly, till our number one guy came in. Uh, he was probably yeah. Zach Martin was probably the best guard of football until our number one guy kind of came around. But uh, so, yeah, Zach Martin was my number two. I'm assuming you probably also have that. Yeah. Number two, I had a uh, the Notre Dame fighting Irish Zach Martin. <laughs> Member of the all 2010s team too that the Hall of Fame did. I didn't realize that until now. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, you can't, you can't deny the talent. I mean, this year he only had one penalty, one sack allowed. Um, a lot of a lot of our linemen are from the 2014 draft class. At least my list, quite a few yeah, are. It was, it was a strong year. Um, but yeah, his, he was another guy drafted in the first round. Actually, remember. I believe I could be wrong, but I believe it was the year Manziel was coming out and everyone was losing their mind. The Cowboys were going to take Manziel. No, and I think I they ended up loved that. I know me too, but I think they wised up <laughs> someone, someone there got Jerry Jones to relax and told him <laughs> hold, to take hold this on, hold stud on. instead. Yeah. yeah. They ended up with Zach Martin instead, which is pretty smart, but I mean, yeah. So I'm looking at six. <laughs> it hurts to say six time pro bowler. Yeah. Four time all pro. Hall of Fame for the all 2010s decade team. Yeah, dude's a monster. I hate to hate to admit it, but he's only last year was the only year he didn't make Pro Bowl. Yeah, and I mean, that was, and he still was, had a pretty good year. Out. I mean, he ranked ninety one point three overall PFF grade. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like his one bad year is still better than ninety five percent of the league. That's insane. You know, like, you know, you're good when you had a bad year and we still wouldn't even think about bumping him any lower than two. Yeah. Like I, like there was no way I was doing this list and he was going to be any lower than two. And he was coming off his worst season of his career. It didn't matter. I still know how good this guy is. I know what he's going to do. And it really is no injury concern. He's been solid up until last season. So yeah, they, um, I mean, Cowboys had a abysmal, they, there wasn't as bad as the Eagles offensive line issues, but they had, some pretty bad offensive line issues themselves um yeah so that being said ironically the uh i'm assuming your number one and my number one uh also played for the notre dame fighting irish in college it's true they just turned um, off Simon. well yeah i mean he he probably went right in because he was the 2018 draft class um I didn't even realize he was taking six overall in the first round. That's really high for a guard. But uh, that's what, wait, where have you been the whole episode? I've been just preaching about his. I, I know, but, but we say high, I think like to the, you know, early teens, not like six for a I guard. I, I definitely said this. When you we probably, started, yeah, you and probably, you, and I, you completely ignored me. I usually don't listen to you. Oh, fair <laughs> enough. Well, that's why you still have idiotic opinions. Cause you're not listening to free masterclass that you're, you're enjoying every week. Uh, yeah, yeah. So Tim, weighing it at, 330 pounds at 6'5", born in 96. Yeah. Our number one interior offensive lineman is? Mr. Quentin Nelson. He is, he is honestly, he's he, he's a three-time All-Pro. Oh. He's a three-time Pro Bowler. He hasn't only, missed a single game. He played for three years. <laughs> I know. This guy came in, and he was dominant right from the get-go. Just continued to perfect his craft. Yeah, He is, I mean, we just did interior defensive lineman. He is Aaron Donald. He's in that point now. He's pretty much so much. He is by far the best player in his position group. And he's also a top five, top 10 player in the NFL. Yeah. Um, guy's an absolute stud. There's, you know, the guy doesn't miss games. He just continues to be awesome. He's only been awesome. There's no reason to not think he won't be awesome next year. Uh, this is part of why I think Carson Wentz is going to succeed because he's playing behind an offense line that has superstars like Quentin Nelson on it. I actually... It's funny because we were talking about this with Joel Petonio. I heard rumors because um, what's his face? Um, Costanzo, the left tackle from the Colts retired. Mm -hmm. that I heard rumors that they were thinking of putting Nelson at left tackle. So, I mean, 
again, it's the same thing with Tony. You never see guys go from inside to outside. Yeah. He's maybe the only guy I think could do it. I don't know. You know, it's it's also like you're know, taking the best guard in the league, maybe to doing something. Maybe, you know, who knows if he's going to make the transition. So it's something to keep an eye on. Um, but honestly, that's the only thing that's going to keep this guy from being number one interior off time and when we do these rankings every year is if he moves yeah. to the tackle. Yeah, I mean, all the things you said are on the dot. I mean, I, I would say if any player who – you know, plays as well as he does as consistently as he does at such a high level. If any player who wasn't a quarterback or skill player was going to win MVP, like he would be one of them, you know, like, yeah. I don't think in my, to my knowledge, there has never been an offensive lineman to win MVP. It wouldn't really make there's, sense. Yeah. There's but, absolutely no way. But if, if it ever was going to happen in the next few years, he would definitely be one of the, you know, potential yeah. I, nominees for I, that but i said this earlier when we were uh, talking about ryan kelly i was like you know the the colts offense is one that looks pretty good like it goes back to there's not a there wasn't a mobile quarterback with philip rivers there and then it's like he had an immobile veteran quarterback and he also had a rookie running back and they both excelled even yeah. though you know you're a quarterback that can't get out of you know pressure and you got to keep the pocket clean from and then a rookie running back who you would assume is going to struggle just being a rookie and they both had very successful seasons and the offensive line and Quentin Nelson, you know, leading that offensive line was a lot to do with that. Yeah. I, it'll be interesting to see how that cold season plays out this year, because like you said, pretty talented players on the line. Um, see what Carson Wentz can do. Still weird to say that, but yeah, um, it was, I mean, it is interesting. Um, the Quint Nelson and left tackle thing is interesting just because they still haven't gotten a left tackle. So it's like, that yeah. could be a problem for them. That's why I'm thinking maybe it will happen. Cause I mean, the, your guy retired, like they haven't made any effort to replace him. I don't, I don't know if the, I don't remember them getting any tackles in the draft and I know they didn't sign anyone free agency. So maybe this is their plan all along is to bump them out there. And if that happens, it'd be interesting to see. I think if I'm the Colts, I want to keep him at guard. Because I feel like oftentimes it's more seamless to move a tackle to guard than it is to move a guard to tackle. Um, but, I mean, we, we saw even with, like, I mean, Jason Peterson isn't the best example, but he went from tackle to guard this year and did not do oh, it. So some players can't brutal. transition. Um, I wouldn't doubt that he'd be able to do it. I mean, he's 6'5", 330. Like, it's not like he's a small guard going to tackle. Like, he's got the, the height and the weight for it, but – We'll see. I mean, if he goes to moves the tackle and plays at tackle for 16 games, then he'll be in our top 10 offensive tackles list. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, he will. Huh? So, hey, I mean, <laughs> uh, I think he's, I mean, I, I pretty much guarantee right now that the Colts are going to pick up that fifth year option. So he's two oh, years away from yeah. free agency. He'll get paid. Maybe, maybe not a bad time to switch to left tackle and get a bigger contract. Yeah, no, he'll, he'll get paid. But yeah. I think that's a good, uh, good wrap up on this episode i had let me just double check so i had jason kelsey rodney hudson and ryan kelly were on my list last year who didn't make it this time around but instead i had wyatt teller ali marpet um cory lindsley and i think that's it joel Patoni. oh joel Patoni. Patonio wasn't on my uh list last year wow and he went all the way up to three i oh, know he was he was nine I lied. Oh, oh. I was going to say, I had him at eight. You were just late to the party like <clears> you always are. Last year, I had Nelson Martin, one, two. Kelsey, Dooney, three, four. I David Castro of the Steelers, who had – he had a down year this year. Yeah. Um, Brian Sheriff at six. Rodney Hudson, Ryan Kelly. Joe Batonio, Rogers Saffold at 10. So, some players moved up, some moved back, and then I had the two that stayed the same, but – um yeah. yeah like we were I mean, saying mine, mine was similar nice, to you on that nice fusion of younger players coming in 2014 draft class was pretty well represented and we're starting to see i don't know if it's a product of what's being what's like being produced through college but we're seeing more interior offensive linemen being taken earlier in the first like they used to never be taken in the first round at all because you would want to specialize getting a tackle, you know, or a skill player in the first round or an edge rusher or whatever. Um, 
So it'll be, I mean, if more talent like Quentin Nelson is, is there where teams are like, we can't pass up a guard this talented. Um, we'll see, we'll continue to see more of that. So. Yeah. But, it's definitely, a, it's definitely a position in a good spot. They got a lot of young talent. Um, yeah. And established guys and the value for them has never been higher. So, I mean, look at Corey Lindsay signed a huge, look at Joe Tooney, both of them signed huge deals in the off season. And I, I honestly think both of them were, yeah, I think it was a perfect mix of, yeah, you paid a lot of money, but that was a great move for the team. And it's, I think the players are going to excel in their new role. I agree. Yeah. All right. Well, it's been a delight. It's been, it always is. Uh, I mean, we had an Eagle. We always like to have an Eagle on the list. So. Yeah, that's true. Oh, and not not too much bias, maybe a little bit from Tim, but uh, you know, I mean, the, the only Eagle that makes our list, and he's he's also didn't even play a game last year, so that that tells you where the Eagles are. Hmm. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see where everyone goes. So health health is always a big concern for any player, but more so the offensive line because you really can tell either you know how talented they are or how important they are to that team, um, <clears throat> just to see like you know what happens. Like look at the Cowboys, look at teams that lost lost talent and they couldn't do any like couldn't keep their quarterback upright whatever it may be so so it's never really a super hyped up position but offensive line defensive line they're some of the important. trenches are the most important part besides quarterback to to a team so yeah but all right i think that uh caps it off we will catch everyone next time <laughs>